You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. People question my patriotism, that I don't look American enough, they could not get over this face. I want to show you something. I want to tell you, because I'm not afraid. I don't have to live in fear, intimidation, or insults. I'm 69 years old, and I'm going to show you what patriotism, the questions about patriotism looks like. Here is my proof. This is sustained through my service in the U.S. military. Now, is this patriot enough? I'm not ashamed to walk around anymore. Before I was felt inhibited, people look at me strange, and they to question me my loyalty to this country. I don't look American enough. Now, last I read the U.S. Constitution, we the people, we are all the same. We are equal. Not this, you are more superior, you are not. That was Lee Wong, an Ohio elected official, speaking during a meeting of the Westchester Township Board of Trustees on March 23rd and literally bearing his chest to make a point about the discrimination and hate that Asian Americans have experienced. That moment was caught on video and went viral. Mr. Wong spoke to me about what compelled him to speak up that day and what's happened since. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. Well, first, uh, let me introduce myself. I'm, uh, I'm an elected official uh, in the township of uh, Westchester. I've been uh, elected for 16 years. I, um, I'm a family man. I served in the U.S. Army 20 years, active duty. And I came to this country in 1970 after high school from Malaysia. Uh, it was British Borneo before uh, where I was born. Can we talk a little bit uh, more about your upbringing? So what was your life like in Malaysia growing up there? And what was it like when you came to the U.S.? I'm just wondering, how did your life compare? Oh, well, I grew up just a normal child and, and uh, under British uh, colony at the time. And uh, my parents were from China and I was born in Malaysia. Uh, well, then it became Malaysia. And uh, my parents uh, worked very hard. They would, and uh, they died at a very young age. Uh, at, at the age of 10, my father passed away, natural cause. And then uh, a couple of years later, my mother also passed away. They were close. It's Asian, uh, very, quite common. They're so distressed. She died too. So I was uh, pretty much after the age of uh, 13, I was by myself. And I knew that I have to succeed and uh, do well in school. And uh, otherwise, uh, <laughs> I'll be in the streets or something. That's incredible. Did you have any relatives or family members, other family members? Well, yes, I do. I have a sister that uh, she was, she is a police officer. She has a career and uh, she was very busy. So I was staying in the boarding school all the time. So until I finished high school, I, I applied for U.S. and uh, I got it. It was very exciting. When I arrived, I thought, 
Oh, here's a funny story. You can uh, tell everyone. My friend told me, hey, Lee, U.S. is a very rich and formal country. So you have to have a nice suit. Hmm. So I, I uh, got to Singapore, make a black suit uh, from top to bottom. Oh, black tie, white shirt, patent leather shoes. Gee, 1970, I got to San Francisco airport, mm-hmm. and uh, I was shocked. I saw all these people laying around, long hair, dirty, <laughs> uh, playing guitar. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> rolling their own, sharing a cigarette. <laughs> they even made their own cigarette and, and right. shared. And nobody, nobody queued up to fly to Chicago. It was, uh, it was, it was shocking. Were you wearing your suit? Oh, yes. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) wow. People, I say, why I wrote back, I say, actually, they are very poor. They have holes in the jeans. It's patched (laughs) up. (laughs) And they roll their own cigarettes. Right. Anyway, so that's how naive I was. I came over here to study, to become a pharmacist. And two years into the program in Chicago, I was attacked in the streets of Chicago. They thought uh, I was Japanese. And that incident changed the trajectory of my uh, career. I went from uh, pharmacy to uh, U.S. Army. Why is that? Because uh, the man that attacked me never got punished. He, uh, he went on carry on his life and while I had to suffer. Uh, it was uh, a blow to uh, mentally, psychologically to me. I was uh, very disappointed with uh, with the system. I was confused. Can you tell me a little bit more about the incident that happened when you were 18? Um, what exactly happened? Um, where did it happen? And after it happened, did you report it to the police? Did you go to court? Like, what did you do? I understand that you said the people that attacked you never got punished, but um, can you tell me a little bit more about what happened? Yeah, it was uh, two years after, uh, probably uh, two years in, in Chicago, 1972. And uh, it was in the evening. Uh, it's uh, and uh, I was walking home as I got out of the car. I was, uh, wait a minute, I was driving the car, parked my car, got out. And uh, this man approached me on a sidewalk. Uh, he came out mm-hmm. of nowhere. I would say if he came be- hiding behind a tree or something, I was mm-hmm. a little shocked. Mm-hmm. He raised his hand, uh, pointed at me. I thought I thought he was a friendly, maybe he wanted to say hello or something. Yeah. I smiled, hi. Well, all of a sudden, that hand comes straight to my throat. Oh, my goodness. And... Uh, uh, choked me, tried to choke me to death and punch me on my oh, face with my one hand, uh, pushed me to the ground. So uh, he, he, uh, I was shocked. And uh, next thing is he was sitting on top of me, hitting me. And uh, someone saw it, called the police. Oh, good. Uh, the neighbors uh, And the police came, mm-hmm. responded, and uh, they gave, us a, gave him a ticket. Did not take him to jail. Wow. I had to go to the hospital. Uh, yeah. get treated at the emergency room. Mm-hmm. My neck was scratched up. Oh, it, was, it, was a, it was a very powerful grip, uh, fingernails mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On, my, on my throat. I was hurt. They put a C-collar on me, gave me some pain pills, told me uh, I didn't want to stay. <laughs> I have no money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went home. Uh, it was even it was painful. And uh, 
I went home with a, in a sea collar and a stiff. Uh, that was shocking. And while he was hitting me, he called me racial slur, mm. jabs. I kill you like dogs in Philippines, all that. He said, and I, allegedly he was a, a veteran. Mm. And so court date came up. I thought, wow, this is great. The yeah. ticket say mm-hmm. show up at such and such a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the court hearing. My goodness, in court, he was still calling me Japs, wow. all kinds of racial uh, wow. slur, slanted eyes, everything. And you know, and uh, a judge got found guilty for assault, simple assault, hmm. and gave him one year of one year of non-reporting probation. Oh. That was it. Wow. Now, how the, that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. I was very confused. Mm-hmm. I came here, I thought, wow, I always thought U.S. is a very advanced country, racial uh, and a social justice democracy. It wasn't true. It was mm-hmm. disappointing. Mm-hmm. The court system failed me. The police failed me. And I was out there, I was, like I say, confused, soul searching for two years almost. And... Uh, were you finished uh, with your degree? Were you still in school no, at that time? Or? No, I was. I couldn't study. I was angry. I was. Uh, so you dropped so, out, um, or I, I, I literally dropped out. Well, I went to change. I changed my major to police science because oh. I thought I'm going to become a police officer mm. to cheer justice and mm. all that. No one wants to hire me. All these police department out there in Chicago, they didn't want to hire. <laughs> some really? uh, Asian kid. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I could hear them so throw my application away. So you did finish the away. degree and you tried to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. I, I did not finish, uh, continue on with pharmacy. I continue with my, uh, uh, change it to police science. Yes, that's what I mean. Then I I, I got in the army. Mm-hmm. I, I finished all my degrees in the army. And I, I woke up in the army. That taught me, I learned a lot about Americanism, about what this country is about. What, what, what made you decide to go to the army? So you tried to be a police officer, and you, that didn't work. So then, what led you to decide to go to the army? Well, one day there was a recruiter came to the college, mm-hmm. set up a table in the hallway, and uh, talking talked to me uh, about the benefits of joining armed forces. And he asked me, oh, what would you like to do, Mr. Wong? I said, yeah, I may, I may want to become a policeman. And uh, he reached in his suitcase, and, he, and uh, he's a good salesman. <laughs> and uh, and uh, put a military police armband on my arms. Oh. Wow, you talk about uh, my bicep, right? He's uh, such a good salesman. I felt <laughs> my bicep, uh, you know got bigger, six <laughs> inches bigger. And he said, I will pick you up tomorrow. And the next day, I sign up. You see, uh, that's how powerful he is. Uh, well, it, it's incredible that after everything that you've been through, I feel like you still had some um, like faith or some belief in social justice or that there's something that you could do and some faith in the American values, that you still had yes, that after I, what happened. Right. I, I didn't not give up uh, just uh, uh, because of the experience. I felt that uh, 
uh, I never give up. I, I have faith in America. You know, I, I choose to become an American by choice. And, um, uh, and I felt that this country, uh, there is hope for, for Asian Americans. We are, we are smart people that, uh, we, we, uh, Asian American built many, uh, immigrants built this country mm-hmm. that, uh, they should view us as, uh, as a partner, not as enemy or a foreigner because we are all, we contribute to the success of this country. Mm-hmm. This is right. what America is about. Uh, we all participated uh, in this democracy. It is, a ex- it is an experiment, but participation is very important. To be a mm-hmm. citizen of U.S., we need to participate to make it a better place. Mm-hmm. And we, as Asian Americans, we have done that. In fact, we are hardworking. We are law-abiding citizens. But then we are, here's the bad part, is that then they box us into this uh, model minority, mm. which is, uh, uh, there are very negative connotation in that. You are always a minority. You are a model minority. We are model minority. And that uh, we are always viewed as, as, uh, as foreigners. You, you get that? Right, and, and somehow uh, privileged. That's right. That's right, and then that creates that creates uh, fights be- among other with other minority mm-hmm. groups. Mm-hmm. Wow, you are doing so well, a Chinese American. Another group is coming to attack us as weak, uh, view us as uh, weak or nerd, or we don't fit in. We are always foreigner because so, of the way we look. Right. So when you entered the army, did you experience any discrimination or? Well, uh, sure. Like, yes, mm-hmm. there are there are discrimination in the military every place you go. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's um, you just have to be. Um, see, I I try to overcome that. I participated. I uh, in a, I just don't sit there and wish uh, well something something good will happen to me. I go out. I take the initiative uh, to to uh, get involved with my fellow soldiers. Or if there's a basketball game, I'm out there with them mm-hmm. playing game, playing the basketball. There's a lot of politics involved in those. And, and uh, like I say, America is about participatory. We Asians need to participate in our community. And it's a civic matter, not just a, there's nothing wrong to become doctors, engineers, and all that. But other, other fields are important, like me, for example. And I, I contributed money to do the Chinese Chamber of Commerce, which I'm also now the chairman of it. I, I participated in many events, volunteer events in the community. They know me. Uh, no, we have a lot of good people here. There's only a few bad, uh, uh, they call themselves patriots, uh, which is some of them are pure racist. And uh, that these are the people that are loud, they do and say bad things against Asian American. This is the one that caused a lot of problem. 
and that we as Asian Americans do not speak up, that's when they get us. Right. You, I mean, you need to speak up and be representative and have a voice. That's right. Whenever there's injustice, uh, you need to, we need to speak up. Otherwise, that's when uh, bad things happen. Right. You don't speak up. So perhaps what happened to you when you were attacked when you were 18, do you think that before that, do you think you would have spoken up about things or do you think that is... Right. At that time, I was scared. I was, I was, afraid, was afraid to speak up. I was only 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I, wow, I thought this, you know, I was afraid this because I afraid there's more discrimination, more attacks. I was quiet, you see. Mm-hmm. And that that really built up more and more. You see, that was my fault. I was, nobody ever taught me anything to speak up. Who, who do I report to at the time? And uh, I, I do not know how the city, how the city works, the city council. Mm-hmm. Uh or, or 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 any uh, any clout in a community? No one. There was no Asian American leaders mm-hmm. in in the community at all. No representation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I decided to get involved to be uh, involved in the government. I want representation. I want a voice in there. I'm the leader here in the community. Now all the Asian American comes to me. This is uh, with their problems, uh, ask me to help. So that's why I speak up. I mm. felt it is necessary. It is the right thing to do. So after your, you served in the Army, can you tell me what led you to go into the public service? How did that happen? Well, uh, in the 20 years in the military, I thought, wow, I learned a lot, I think. What did you learn? Mm-hmm. I learned about what being American is like to be uh, participatory. You got to get involved. Being an American doesn't earn you any special rights. The only rights you have is to vote. Mm-hmm. All right. The rest you have to participate. Nobody is going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to earn it. When I move out here, I have to earn it. Uh, build my cred- credibility. I learned in the army that early on, you need to participate in the community where you live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be heard, to have a voice. So when I got before I got out, I said I am going to get involved in the community, whatever I'm going to retire in. So this is where I'm at. I want to get involved. I do not want someone else to, to tell me how how to live my life. What was it like when you first tried to get elected? Um, how difficult was that? What kind of challenges did you come across? Well, first. Well, my first challenge was I will have no money. <laughs> Nobody support me. Nobody. If I'm if I'm a white candidate, oh gee, they will bankroll me. Uh, oh, welcome to the family. So I've what did you do? The, the, some years. So I uh, I rode a bicycle, knock on eighteen thousand doors. Wow. And uh, that's the uh, first time I ran. I, I spent the least amount of money. I think total I spent was uh, uh, $1,600. That's it. Wow. Today, they are spent up to 100000 Yeah. just for one campaign. Uh-huh. For and, uh, So I knocked on doors, talking to people, and uh, I, I just showed them who I am. I wasn't afraid of... Uh, uh, people, 
that I told them who I am. I'm, and I asked them, do you have any concerns or issues in the community? I wrote it down. They like they like what uh, what they saw, and many other candidates don't do that. They mm-hmm. go knock on a couple of doors in a in a corner of the street and and put out a bunch of signs and uh, advertisement and call that campaign. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, you did it really out. grassroots. Grassroots. Yeah. That's correct. Mm-hmm. In two thousand five, I was elected. Uh, to be the uh, first Asian Americans in the township of uh, Westchester, and so I've been serving since. I've uh, this is uh, uh, my uh, I've been here for four terms now, which is a four-year term, sixteen years, and um, I got I plan to serve another term that will take me over twenty. Tell me about what you do in your role as a trustee. Currently, of course, I run a government, an entire township uh, of 65,000 population. It is the largest township in the state of Ohio. Uh, I'm responsible for anything from cemetery to roads to uh, to police and fire. Uh, it's uh, very rewarding. You can see the results. So tell me about the video of you that has now gone viral. In the last meeting, which uh, in March, I, I stood up. I felt it was necessary to say what I have to say about the uh, injustice uh, attacks on Asian American. I give it my personal experience that I, I went through. At first, I was just uh, just want to say a few words, and then something got to me in the middle of it uh, as I was just uh, started talking about uh, uh, patriotism. Uh, and, and that's when I got hot about I serve in the military. Some of us serve in the military and uh, you still treat us as uh, a foreigner, that we are not American enough. We do not look American enough. That's when I jumped up and, uh, uh, and I took my shirt off and showed them what patriotism was about. I told, say to everyone that, you know, we need to be, my message was very simple. We need to be kinder, gentler uh, to one another, uh, be more civil. Um, we are all, we are one human race, and uh, that's it. There's no any, I wasn't a radical or, or activist or anything. I felt it was the right thing to do. So I say it from my heart. Thank you. Could you tell me a little bit more about that meeting that day? Was there something that was being discussed that day or the subject matter, um, something that prompted you to start talking about um, Asian hate and discrimination? Uh, No, that meeting, it was just a very normal meeting that they started. But there was a lot of things penned up in me for the last 50 years. Uh, I experienced especially the, the latest was the Atlanta shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, six Asian Americans were killed mm-hmm. uh, at the uh, massage parlor, and uh, and then we have uh, little attacks attacks in our uh, restaurants here locally, and uh, they came to me. I'm the leader of uh, I, I'm the voice of Asian American here, and this culminated with my personal painful experience. I felt it was time to speak up. Enough is enough, so I spoke up. 
and I didn't think it was so. Uh, uh, it, it was a difficult subject to talk about when I and uh, that's why I uh, I was composed, but I was also hesitant to say uh, I had to say it properly, not jumping up and down screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, can you tell me what's happened since the video went viral? Well, uh, I've been approached. Uh, uh, it is very good. I think that it has, uh, by speaking up, I, I, of course, it went viral. And I've been many requests for interviews, uh, press, even Australia uh, uh, came to my house, uh, done many uh, public interviews. I think I helped in May last month, early last month, I was invited to an attorney general. It was AAPI summit and uh, it was broadcast the entire US and um, about the Asian hate and also invited to New York City, uh, Chinatown, especially uh, all the leaders and movers uh, asked me to come to speak. And then I just returned from DC recently, make another trip they invited to speak at the National Mall about Asian hate and uh, to speak out for all the injustice and uh, to, to uh, you know, stand in solidarity to put this uh, Asian hate, uh, stop Asian hate. Mm-hmm. And I think it was good that uh, I get involved to whenever I can help uh, because every day Asian Americans been attacked in East and West Coast because of my exposure on the on the uh, mass media, social media, and every place. Millions of people have seen my video, and uh, I've been invited to speak in college, the corporation, to uh, government and uh, or quasi government. Uh, and uh, about uh, and, uh, solidarity against Asian hate. So uh, I've been doing a lot of that to help. Just like this show, I came on. How did you get the wounds on your chest? Well, the stroke of luck, I joined U.S. Army and uh, as a military police at the time. And uh, that's where I received my injuries in uh, during the uh, basic training. Uh, all my chests were all cut up, but at first it was just uh, minimal, and then uh, infection and all that. So I served uh, for uh, for the rest of my time in the army. After six years MP, um, I got accepted, applied for army CID, which is the uh, FBI of the army, and uh, I like it. I stayed twenty years and retire. What's been one of the most rewarding experiences that you've had since, you know, since your viral video? Like, has there been some group or some interview or something that's happened that has been really rewarding? Uh, you know, to have people to receive emails uh, for people that uh, to, to write to me uh, positive feedback. I will show you, maybe you can see a stack of email that came in. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh, reams of paperwork uh, these are all emails mm-hmm. there's another stack uh, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about uh, thousands of email here to mm-hmm. people think uh, uh, they felt connected they, they got the message mm-hmm. they thank me not only just Asian American mostly 90% are Caucasian 
thank me for speaking out. What I say is, it's just the right thing for good for humanity. It is uh, that we need to get along. We need to be kind to each other, and they got it. That um, they responded positively. So I think that's rewarding. And I got little, little gifts of uh, medals, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. They send me very mm-hmm. interesting books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, as long as I, if one person I can help him, I, I'm satisfied. Yeah, you've really created a lot of awareness. They feel safe. My message mm-hmm. before their fear, they were they were just like me before fear of more discrimination. Thought, well, if I just hide in my house, it will go away. But it wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. You got to get up and mm-hmm. speak up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very rewarding. I empower them. Okay, I yeah. empower them to get up. Mm-hmm. My message empower them to speak up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. As the chairman of the Midwest Chinese Chamber of Commerce, I brought in, I, I promote Asian culture, Chinese American culture. Why is that important? Because that brings awareness of Chinese American, Asian American, our contribution to the society. Okay, uh, for example, uh, we are bringing in the Dragon Boat Festival next year, uh, which already had a preview. Uh, last uh, couple of weeks ago, and next year we're going to do it here in Ohio River, uh, Dragon Boat Festival. Uh, you you probably heard of yes, it, uh, yes. and uh, it's popular in Asia, in Boston, yeah, uh, around this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And uh, we eat uh, rice dumplings. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it is a good festival, a patriotic. Uh, uh, poetic, uh, you know, theme behind it on that mm-hmm. festival. Mm-hmm. We thought, uh, Chamber thought that was uh, very important. It's good. German have the German beer festival, Oktoberfest. Why not? Uh, Chinese American have their own. And we try to make this a century event in the Midwest mm-hmm. of America. Um, and what about other other groups? Um, because as we've seen with the pandemic, I think that the pandemic has actually revealed a lot of the social injustices among different groups. Uh, we know that Black Americans uh, disproportionately been affected by the pandemic. And then we saw the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. So what do you think to do to have more unity among the minorities in the U.S.? Well, first of all, we got to quit fighting each other. Uh, this is what the uh, bad people try to do. They have you know, white against black, black against white, black, you know, black against Asian, Asian, Asian Americans against Latinos, fighting among each other. There's no, there's no peace. Uh, divide, or divided. You know, if we don't stand together, if we don't hang together, like. Like, uh, you know, we will hang separately. So we need to be unified, hang together, not not separately. There was a famous saying, by, uh, by the way, if we, if we don't hang together, surely, surely you, you will hang separately. Leo, did you want to introduce yourself and say a little bit more about what the Midwest USA Chinese Chamber of Commerce does? 
I'm Leo Chen. I'm the executive director of the Midwest USA Chinese Chamber of Commerce, where we're very lucky to have Lee Wong as our elected chairman of the board. And uh, we've been serving the Midwest region since 2005, so pretty much the same time as uh, Lee Wong was elected as the uh, trustee of uh, Westchester Township. So we've been operating for 16 years in the region. What we do is a number of things. Um, number one, we host monthly discussions and workshops on Asian American culture, and uh, we also organize trade missions to Asia, and um, we also host uh, networking events like beer and guanxi, those kind of things, in our communities so that uh, we can offer more opportunities for people to mingle and and uh, meet and greet with each other. What words of encouragement do you have for Asian Americans who are feeling afraid of stepping out because of the increased incidence of Asian hate? First of all, never give up. Keep, keep the faith and form an alliance, and uh, together we can fight this uh, this uh, this period of darkness that we've been through before. That uh, remember the Exclusionary Act. Uh, and then the, all the Japanese internment. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, country has committed many sins before. I think they are, we need to show them, to, to tell them what is, what is right, yeah. uh, to speak up when there is injustice. So we stand together as a unified voice. And I'm, I'd like, I, just, I want to do my part to inspire and empower and sustain. And like Mr. Wong said, uh, we need to hang together. Therefore, we need to have some symbols that um, that will help us identify with each other and say that we belong for one. And number two, we're we're hanging together. And number three, we are protected when we when we are fighting together. And um, that's another message that we wanted to to share with people from the Asian community. Um, let's uh, unite and uh, let's um, uh, work together, hang together, and um, let's uh, help each other. And um, definitely do not be afraid to speak up and um, and um, stand up. Is there anything else that you'd like to um, share with my listeners? And can you let them know how they can learn more about you? Do you have a website or any social media where people can reach you? Yeah, we do have um, our public page on our um, Facebook uh, public page, which is under the Midwest USA Chinese Chamber of Commerce. So feel free to subscribe and uh, like our page. And uh, Mr. Lee Wong is also um, writing a, a memoir. Um, so he will include a lot of uh, great stories in this book and also the stories that other people share. Especially after he, uh, after his video inspired so many people to speak up, and a lot of people contributed their mm-hmm. stories to the book as well. Um, and lastly, mm-hmm. we do have a uh, web page, a website for Mr. Wong. It's uh, leewong.us. It's still uh, under construction, so excuse <laughs> uh, the uh, work in progress. But uh, we're definitely inviting van- uh, fans and friends and partners and. Uh, allies to uh, join forces with us and um, keep this message strong and clear 
and uh, spread it out to the community so that we are all working together. I'm just curious. I didn't know that you have a memoir. So would you mind like saying a little bit about that? To, uh, to, because I'm sure my listeners will be very curious. You said that you've probably received some very touching letters or communications yes. from people. Is there something that you can share that um, somebody reached out to you about their personal story? Yes, uh, so many. Uh, I, I definitely want to put in a memoir mm-hmm. of all these stories that came out. And uh, so it's, this it's, uh, purpose is to inspire, uh, I say, empower people, this memoir, and uh, to help uh, to bring us together. So uh, there are thousands of them sitting next to me. <laughs> Could you possibly share <laughs> yeah. one like that really touched you okay. at all? Or? Oh, let me see. Hi, there, one from Vietnam. Uh, American. Here's one I say that, who is this one from? Anyway, uh, here, dear Mr. Wong, uh, I first want to thank you for your service uh, to this great country. Uh, you much like my ancestors uh, are what make America what it is today. Second, I want to thank you for not being complacent, being outspoken, and sharing your story. It's amazing to hear, and it needed to be told. Thanks again for your service to the United States of America. We can and will make a difference in the world. Tell her the uh, voicemail left on on your mailbox, um, the gentleman who saw you saluting to oh, a lost yeah. soldier oh, yes. who came home. He never thought ah, anybody yes. would see you. <laughs> you never thought anybody would see you doing that, but right, he, saw, right. he actually mm-hmm. saw it. And now that your video came back, got the viral, he saw your video and he reminded him that right. it was you. Someone uh, saw me. Uh, no one was out there to receive these soldiers coming home. He died in a war. And uh, it was raining. And uh, I stood out there in the rain, soaking wet, and I uh, gave him a salute when the motorcade went by with uh, all the Patriot guards. And someone saw me. And uh, after they saw my video, they said, that was you, isn't it, out there? And uh, there And there's several, there are several stories that are very, very touching. And uh, we can, and you'll find them all in, in, the, in a memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, you know, um, I think that's, uh, let me send you the one that uh, that we were just talking about. Okay, right. So you knew that the soldier was coming home, so you purposely yeah. went out there? So I purposely went out there to uh, give him a respect, mm-hmm. a last respect, and no one out there, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the rain. Yeah, it, yeah, it was no, pouring nobody. rain. It was uh, pouring rain, oh, and yeah. um, Lee was... Uh, uh, soaked in in in, in rain, and mm-hmm. he he yeah. paid a he paid. I waited a, for him. Yeah, he paid a soldier. He has uh, to he lose. Yep. But then mm-hmm. you know nobody nobody was out on the street, and he did that. And yeah. um, the the gentleman that he was escorting saw saw Lee, saw and um, that was it. You know, Lee never yeah. thought anybody would uh, would remember <laughs> it or would yeah. even see it, but yeah. actually yeah. somebody yeah. see it. Is that a- these are the things I do from the heart. Yes. Yep. You know, I yes. don't expect uh, a reward or or a publicity. I just, just got do, out there and do yeah, it. Yeah, what you think is right. Yeah. 
yeah. what is right. Yeah, that's exactly that's, right. That, is, mm-hmm. that is that is a good example, mm-hmm. Leo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, thank and you. And I one. forgot all about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I've done many things. Yeah, like many that. many things. You have too <laughs> many stories. That's why we need a memoir. Yeah, yeah. we need a uh, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or oh, sometimes I even go out get a trash bag, go pick up trash along the streets. <laughs> yeah, and I keep it clean. The community. I don't get paid for that. Uh, Right. Yeah, you and you were the, you were protest protesting on the street for a Sherry Chan, a Sherry Chan, right? You know, mm-hmm. and freezing That's, cold day, and everybody was hiding thing. inside the courthouse, <laughs> enjoying the heat, yeah. while you were actually protesting on the street. Okay. So there are so many That's stories right. about Mr. Wong that can truly tell his, you know, patriotism, his true Americanism. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's worth, uh, definitely worth, uh, quite worth uh, everybody's time to read it. If there is anything else, I'll let you have the last word if there's anything else you wanted to add. We always continue to do the right thing. Keep standing up for the high ideas of, uh, of America's greatness. We are contributing to the betterness of America to build this country, make it better through trade, through humanity. Uh, I, would, I know that, uh, like I say, uh, I'm going to close this out maybe with, uh, we look at our nations through the prism of our own experiences. Sometimes particularly the experience involves brutality, repression, uh, racism, and maltreatment. It is difficult to look at the big picture but I know this from my personal and painful experience. And I say to all the leaders in, uh, in communities across our nation who are forming an alliance against hate, uh, Asian hate, America does not have any problems uh, that more kindness, more love, more respect for each other, and more gentleness cannot solve. Uh, we together, we join together and weave a strong fabric of freedom that vibrantly dis, uh, display the goodness that lies in the soul of America. And uh, it is up to us to become more self-aware in valuing our differences to be inclusive in order to build a better America. Like the uh, poet Sarah Ting said, are you greater than the sun that shines on everyone? Black, yellow, brown, red, and white. The sun does not discriminate. So we are the master of our own fate. Uh, we will continue to grow strong, staying firm in a bond with each other to keep the faith that we can do anything. We are Americans and we are blessed to live in the greatest nation on earth. I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you, Felicia. I've been speaking with Lee Wong about how the moment he spoke up at a meeting of the Westchester Township Board of Trustees on March 23rd went viral. We will share a link to the entire video and any of the items mentioned in this episode on our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. Talking Taiwan publishes new episodes on a weekly basis, and our work is made possible by the generous donations of our supporters and listeners like you. Help us to grow and continue producing engaging content by supporting us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan. 
We are offering supporters invitations to a quarterly AMA or Ask Me Anything session with me, Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan. Advanced notification of future guests, a Talking Taiwan tote bag, and other mystery gifts. If you enjoyed this episode of Talking Taiwan, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, tell a friend about us, or help others to discover Talking Taiwan by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.